Good morning, church. Please stand with me as we come together and worship God through song. Come thou fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing, calls for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet, sung by flaming tongues above. Praise the mount I'm fixed upon it, mount of thy redeeming love. I was lost in utter darkness till you came and rescued me. I was bound by all my sin when your love came and set me free. Now my soul can sing a new song. Now my heart has found a home. Now your grace is always with me, and I'll never be alone. Come thou found, come thou king, come thou precious prince of peace. Hear your bride to you we sing. Come thou fount of our blessing, come thou fount, come thou king, come thou precious prince of peace, hear your bride to you we sing, come thou fount of our blessing. Oh, to grace how great a debtor, Daily I'm constrained to be. Let thy goodness, like a fetter, bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Come thou found, come thou king, come thou precious prince of peace, hear your bride to you we sing. Come thou found of our blessing, come thou found, come thou king, come thou precious prince of peace, hear your bride to you we sing. Come thou found of our blessing. Please be seated. All right. If all right, those people online are missing out because Eli Rothy is up here dancing, getting me excited to worship. Way to go, Eli! Welcome to church. We're so glad that you are here today. Happy Labor Day weekend. I have some really short announcements, just like me, because almost Lucy's as tall as me. So these will be short and sweet. Here we go. Share the bounty in the foyer. You want to check it out. No classes tonight. Tuesday, September the 5th is Women on Mission, 2 o'clock in the chapel next door. Wednesday night is Prayer and Share Night. Love to have you. Two more quick things. 
prayer request forms and right now media. So if you have a prayer request, there's the box back there. You can grab one and write your prayer request, drop it in. There's also right now media. If you haven't accessed that, you would really want to. There are so many cool things on there and a lot of things to learn. So you'll want to do that. I have a deacon coming, but I don't know who it is because Cliff didn't tell me. So, oh, let's see. Come on, Dad. I saw you getting up. Thank you. Here comes Charlie Baker to lead us in prayer. Dad to the rescue. She is mine. <laughs> Guys, how we go to the Lord in prayer? Our most gracious and all-wise Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for this event that we're going to be participating in today in this worship service, Lord. It means so much to us, Lord, to see uh, a baptism, Lord, see another soul that's been saved, Lord, that will be with you in eternity. And we just wanted to say thank you in advance for that, for him and his whole family, Lord, that's here today to celebrate that uh, representative of the death of the old life and the rising of the new life. And we wanted you to be, especially with Cliff, as he brings a message today, be with Adam as he leads us singing. And as we worship you, and may we worship you in spirit and in truth. For it's in Jesus' name I do pray. Amen. Well, good morning. We'll see how much else I forget today, okay? okay. So thanks for covering for that. We get a baptize today. Um, this is my favorite thing to do. And I just want to, I need to, to do a disclaimer here. The water's warm, okay? We haven't had warm water forever now. We baptize several people. If you've been baptized in cold water, raise your hand. Okay, yeah, okay. Um, I want you to know that it was a fuse, a 10-cent fuse <laughs> that, that kept the water from being warm, <laughs> all right? So, so, so uh, sometimes our problems aren't all that big, okay? We just don't know that, okay? So, so that was kind of interesting. So let's look at this slide here. This is, uh, tells us a little bit about Christian baptism. Christian baptism, oh, it isn't, oh, is there another slide before that? Christian baptism is immersion of a believer in water. That's why we've got the water, right? All the way under there. Immersion of the believer in water in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It is an act of obedience symbolizing the believer's faith in a crucified, buried, and risen Savior. So, the believer's death to sin, the burial of the old life, and the resurrection to walk in newness of life in Christ. It is a testimony to his faith in the final resurrection of the dead. So, when we do baptism, this is what we call believer baptism, right? Uh, it, this doesn't save them, okay? They've already, they've already asked Jesus to be their Savior by the time they get here. They've confessed their sins. They've asked Jesus to be their Savior, and, and they acknowledge that Jesus is the Son of God and the living Son of God. 
And so when we get to here, it, it, it's just it's letting you know. It's that first act of obedience. I want, I want people to know that I am a believer. Symbolically, and this is why we do the immersion, this is why we understand the Bible to teach this way, is that when we place them under the water, it's the burial of the old life. And when they come out of the water, it's a resurrection to a new life. Now, symbolically, it happens in an instant. As long as I remember to bring Daniel up, it happens pretty quick, okay? <laughs> He's laughing nervously. So, so, but we know that it takes a lot more than that, right? Because when we come out of here, he's wet, but he's not, he, he's in that process of sanctification. He's got a lot more Jesus to look like. And that's what the rest of us are here for, right, is on that trip. You know, we're starting here. We're, we're going to grow as a Christian and grow as, as, as we try to model our life, not after anyone here, but after Jesus Christ. And so that's why this is an exciting time. All right, so Daniel, we want to come on in. It's nice and toasty, isn't it? Nice yeah, yeah, see? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so you can say it's nice and toasty. So uh, this is Daniel Dexheimer. And, Daniel, you want to wave at your fan crowd, your fan club down there. you got a couple on the front row. They're videotaping. You might smile there, okay? <laughs> and uh, the, the rest of the families out there, we're excited to have you here, and we're excited for, for what this represents. So you and I visited in the office, and you accepted Christ as your Savior? Yes. Okay. You know now that if you died, you'd be in heaven. Amen. Okay. Isn't that exciting? Are you looking forward to the rest of this walk? From now until Jesus calls us home, we're going to try to live like him, okay? And that's what all of us are here for. You guys, let's pray for him as we walk through this, okay? And let this be an, a witness to others, and let his life be a witness to others. All right. So I'm going to baptize you. We're going to read the scripture up here. This is out of Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So now I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So if you've not done this, I'd encourage you to do so, particularly now that the water's warm, okay? <laughs> if the cold water was what's keeping you from doing it, we got warm water now. So Adam... Please stand with me once again, and we'll continue to worship through song. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to. 
unending love, amazing grace. The Lord has promised good to me, his word, my hope secures. He chains are gone and I've been set free my God my Savior has ransomed me and like a flood his mercy reigns unending love amazing grace my chains are gone My Savior has ransomed me, and like a flood, His mercy reigns, unending love, amazing grace. The earth shall soon dissolve. Like snow, the sun forbear to shine. But God, who called me here below, will be forever mine. Will be forever mine. You are forever mine. My chains are gone, I've been set free. My God, my Savior, has ransomed me. My chains are gone, and I've been set free. My God, my Savior, has ransomed me. And like a flood, His mercy reigns, unending love, amazing grace, unending
It's preach till I'm dry Sunday. All right, so uh, we're in Proverbs chapter 2. We're walking through the book of Proverbs, wisdom for, for today. In other words, what, what was written long ago, before iPhones, before tablets, before computers, before phone lines, uh, even the kind that you had to stretch with the cord, right? Before automobiles, this was written, okay? And, and most of that stuff we think is outdated. But I want you to understand, that's what our job is, is to dive into God's Word, and to look at Proverbs as we walk through these, th- these weeks of looking at Proverbs and to understand that Proverbs is, is for today. Okay, Proverbs, the things that Proverbs speaks about are for today. So, what do I have in my hand? I have a windshield. None of you can do this. Well, I don't think so, but I can bring my windshield with me. Okay, <laughs> I don't know that you want to carry your windshield around, and I can carry my windshield around. Now, why in the world do I have? This is one of the windshields. I have three windshields for my motorcycle. So here's, here's a little story that I want to tell you. Last weekend, on Saturday morning, I was headed up to Jacksonville. I had this windshield on, and I decided as it was pouring down rain that I probably want the other windshield. It's taller, and it's a little bit wider. It, 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 you know, it means I stay dry for, till the bottom of the driveway, okay? Now, this one wouldn't get me very far. So I decided that I would change the windshield. I can do that in about 15 minutes. There are six screws that I've got to take out, four to pop off, and then it comes off the bike, two more, and then I change the brackets over, put the little rubber grommets in here, and then, and then repeat the process in reverse to put it back on there. So here's the problem, though. Here's the problem. When, you, you know, when you're in a hurry, it happens. And so there's, there's these two screws I, I'm, that I manage to drop, it seems like, every time. Now, I'm in tight quarters right above the instrument cluster, the GPS thing and all that stuff there. And it's right above the front tire where the forks go down. And when it drops down, sometimes it hits the floor and bounces. And I can find it relatively easy on the floor. But other times, it finds a place to hide inside of the front end of the motorcycle. And so I don't have another screw like that. Matter of fact, I don't know where I'd get another screw like that other than going back to the dealer. It's, it's got a little point. It's a pointed thing. It's, it's anyway. So now I've got to look for it. Because I, I know, one, I can't find it. And two, it would find my tire. Okay, that's the other problem with that. So I want to find this screw. So I'm looking, and I, I look to in, the, in the places before. I take a piece off of the bike because I think it might be hiding behind there, and I'll, it takes four more screws to take off to get to the other screw that I've lost. And, and, then, and I've, got the, I've got the light. I've got flashlight. I've looked all over the place. And finally, I found it. And I was able to put the windshield on, and by that time, it quit raining. There you go. So I can relate. I can relate to the woman. Jesus tells a parable in Luke 15 about the lost coin. The woman lost the coin. She lit a lamp. She got her broom out. She's looking all over the place. When she finally finds that coin which, that was lost, she throws a grand party. 
I didn't throw a party. No, it, was, it was like 7.30. Nobody wanted. But anyway, I, well, I felt like I wanted to have that party because I had I'd searched and searched and searched, and finally I found what I was looking for, and it was worth the search. And that's what Jesus tells that parable about the lost coin, is it needed to be found. And when it was found, there was great rejoicing, great rejoicing. So as we walk through the Proverbs, let us understand this is what we're looking at. It's faith applied to everyday attitudes, activities, and relationships. Do you have everyday activities? Unless you're laying in a hammock all day. You, that, that evens an activity, right? Okay, everyday active, attitudes, active, you have everyday attitudes? Yeah. Uh, they, they told me your daughter had an attitude <laughs> today. <laughs> it was a good one. Okay. Um, in relationships, right? We have relationships. Those are all things that we have. They had them back in the day of Solomon. Those things we have today. So what he writes about, what was written in the book of Proverbs, deals with these things that we deal with on an everyday basis. I'm going to ask you this question, and I'm going to ask myself this question. Do you need help with everyday activities, attitudes, and relationships? Yeah. Okay, so Proverbs is for us. As we look at this, understand this. Why is it important that we go back? Because there's a, there's a ton of Dr. Phil-type things out there, right? I mean, some of you remember who Dr. Phil is. I, I think that ought to be an automatic, but now I realize he's not there all the time. But we often look outside. We look, we, we look on YouTube. How do I make my wife not mad at me, right? Is that a YouTube search? Don't answer, okay? <laughs> you, you'll implicate yourself, right? Um, but, you know, those, those kind of things, right? How do, how, do I, how do I do these things? And oftentimes we look outside of the Bible. But when we look through the book of Proverbs and through the Scripture as a whole, we're looking through the lens of a relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm living, Daniel's living his life now through trying to look through the lens of Jesus. That wasn't always the case in my life wasn't always the case in your life. So now as we move forward, how do I have that, how do I have that biblical worldview that I'm looking to have, where I'm looking and I'm looking, at, I'm looking at as, as best as I can as Jesus would understand that, so I can live my life out in a way that would be pleasing to him. So we're going to read in Proverbs chapter 2, and we're going to start, in, we're going to read all of, the, all of the verses, okay? It's not a long chapter, and the verses in Proverbs are not long. I want to give you a little background to this as we walk through this. Remember that in the end of the first chapter, Proverbs is talking about wisdom. And as he talks about wisdom, he's done, he's done that, that um, literature, lit, literature thing where it's, it's, um, he's personified wisdom. He's personified wisdom. In other words, wisdom is a lady in the street calling out your name. And that's, what he's, that's, what, that's how Solomon has, has done that for us, is so that we can identify. Wisdom, not something to be gathered someplace in, in an institution. It's not on a bookshelf. Wisdom is out there in, in the street where you're at, where everybody's at. And it's looking for you. God wants to give you wisdom. And oftentimes we reject it. So here, let's pick it up in the first verse there of chapter 2. My son... And this is Solomon speaking. My son, if you will receive my words and treasure my commandments within you, 
Make your ear attentive to wisdom. Incline your heart to understanding. For if you cry for discernment, lift your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice, and he preserves the way of his godly ones. Then you will discern righteousness and justice and equity in every good course. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will guard you. Understanding will watch over you to deliver you from the way of evil, from the man who speaks perverse things, from those who leave the paths of right uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who delight in doing evil and rejoice in the perversity of evil whose paths are crooked and who's, who are devious in their ways, to deliver from you from the strange woman, from the adulteress who flatters with her words, that leaves the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. For her house sinks down to death and her tracks lead to the dead. None who go to her return again, nor do they reach the paths of life. So you will walk in the way of good men and keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will live in the land, and, will, and the blameless will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land, and the treacherous will be uprooted from it. I want to say this as we walk through this chapter here, chapter 22, is that, that wisdom is worth the effort. Okay, Wisdom is worth the effort. So as we walk through this, wisdom has been looking for us. Wisdom is what we need. It's, it's built upon a relationship with Christ. It's built upon a relationship with God. We need that. Now, it doesn't, it doesn't just come automatic, right? We, we are born to sin. We are born to leave the path of righteousness. We're born to chase after the woman that he uses, describes, it flatters. That's the way that we're born. In other words, what we're going to have to do is change who we are. And that requires effort. That requires effort that we change. But I want you to know that it is worth the effort. And the effort here, we're going to talk about this, is actively looking. The lost coin. The woman just didn't lose the coin. When she lost the coin, what did she do? She immediately began to look for it. She pulled out no stops to find that. When I lost the screw that I needed to put my windshield back in there, I put, I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't stopping until I found it. It was worth the effort. And that's the way that it is with wisdom. I have to actively, the, the screw that was stuck on the top of my front fender wasn't hollering at me. It didn't jump up and down. It didn't jump off the fender and say, here I am. I had to continue to look for it. The same way for the coin that was lost in that woman's house. She had to look for it. The coin didn't call out to her. And so as we walk through this, there's a little bit of a turn, right? Because in the previous end of the previous chapter, wisdom is looking for us. In this chapter, it's the idea that we need to have that active look for wisdom. In other words, let's, if it's looking for us, let's go look for it. Okay, that's kind of the way that I phrase it. And here we go. Receive and treasure. Receive and treasure. And I want you to notice with the words that we're going to walk through there, particularly those first four verses before we make that transition into the fifth verse, is that 
All of these words are action words. I believe they call them verbs, okay? Is that right? Yeah, okay. Action words, right? Receive and treasure. That means you have to do something. Receive it and treasure it. That means take care of it, right? Take, what, what, the things that you treasure still look good, don't they? Just think about that. If you value something, if you treasure something, you're going to take care of it. Atten- be attentive. Be attentive and inclined. Atten- your ear attentive to wisdom and your heart to un- incline your heart to understanding. Again, the action words that Proverbs that Solomon is asking us to do. Receive, attend- be attentive, incline. All of those things take action. Then it goes into cry and lift up your voice. Cry for discernment. Lift up your voice for understanding. Again, action on our part. Action on our part. That's what's required is we put some forth some effort. Think about this, guys. Sometimes, and I, I, I'm, I'm just going to, I've been there, done that. I would come to church and expect somebody to feed me. But over the course of time, God got hold of me, and it wasn't enough to just show up. I put forth effort. Part of that started when I started teaching Sunday school, right? I mean, that's the, the person who learns the most is the one who's standing in front of the class. And so, it takes action for that to happen. It's worth it. I love the way that it, it, it reads in the fourth verse there. To seek, okay, to seek for, for like you're, you're seeking for, um, for silver. And you know, that, that's, that's a big deal, right? You're seeking for something precious, something valuable, something worth something. And that's what he's asking you to do is to seek for that. And to search for it as if you're searching for hidden treasures. We've all watched the movies, right, where they're all over the place looking for something. It's not long ago, somebody, I, I read an article about somebody hid money and then let, gave clues, right, for the people to find somebody found it. But we're, we're worth more than the material dollars that was in that treasure is the wisdom that God offers to us. And he's, he's asking us to search for it, to seek for it, to go out there like we're looking for silver, like, and we know it's there. You know, sometimes if I go out in my yard and look for silver, I don't know that there's any there. Unless I drop the quarter, right? And I don't know that there's any silver in my yard. And I don't know that there's any hidden treasure in my yard. But what God is saying, what Solomon is saying here is this. You know that wisdom is a treasure. It's been described as a treasure. Now he's asking you to seek for it as silver or as hidden treasure that you know is out there. You've just got to put forth some effort to find it. You've got to put forth some effort to find it. And that's what he's encouraging us to do, is to put forth that effort. Then we'll discern or we'll understand. It's that transition to the rewards. Transition to the reward. We're going to talk about that in a minute. 
When, if we'll seek, if we'll search, if we'll cry out, if we'll receive, if we'll treasure. This is what gets promised to us. I love this. So the first four verses are encouraging us to go out and look for it. Don't, don't wait for wisdom to come to you. Let's go looking for it. Let's put forth some effort and find wisdom out there. Wisdom's looking for you. Let's go find wisdom in all of that noise, in all of the din that she's shouting above, in all of that evil that she's trying to shine light through. Let's go look for the wisdom that God offers. Because when we find it, our life will be better. You want a better life? Where have you been looking? Think about that. And what wisdom does, what God does here through Solomon, is he invites us to find his wisdom that would guide us to a much better place, a place of contentment, a place of peace, a place of joy. And that's the invite that we have there. And so this is, we, we, we do this, and we'll understand and we'll discover the treasure that God has for us. So let's talk a little bit about whether the reward is, is, is worth it. Because it takes effort. How many of you like to sweat? Yeah, okay. Uh, I get it. Um, but sometimes that effort is worth it. And that's what wisdom is about. That effort's worth it. How many of you like fried chicken? Uh, how many of you like fried chicken? Lisa knows where this is going. So, one year, I saw this. It was an Alton, Alton Brown. Alton Brown, he was on a motorcycle riding across the country and eating at all these places that weren't Cracker Barrels and McDonald's. And he stops at this place and says, this is the world's, it's advertised as the world's best fried chicken. He said it was the best fried chicken on the camera after having some of the chicken. So years ago, we, we were back, coming back from Hattiesburg, we stopped. This year, coming back from the convention, we stopped. Now, how do you all get to, Louis how do you all get to New Orleans? It's easy, right? Just jump on 55 and it takes, you right, it takes you right down there. No problems. So the fried chicken place, it's not on the interstate. It's not even close to the interstate. It is, it is like 50 miles or so to the east of 55. It's a long way away, not only from the interstate, but from everything else, okay? I mean, just, I'm just going to tell you that it, it is. It's a long way from every place. And when you're driving, you better pay attention because there are no neon signs. Matter of fact, the town that it's listed in Lorem, is, 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 it's a straight four lane past it. You'll find Plainview easier than you'd find Lorman, okay? This <laughs> is just saying. That's kind of the way, the, the way it is. I'm not even sure there's a sign like Standard City that tells you it's this way. But it sits beside the road. Here's a picture of it, this fine dining establishment. That was this year. That's what it looks like, all right? How many of you going in? All right. Here's the trick with it. There's nothing else to eat around. <laughs> okay, it's another 40 miles. After you've driven 60 miles to get to this place, it's the only place. 
You walk into the restroom, the guy says, go. we walked in, the guy says, you're dining with us? Yep, go wash your hands. All right, I mean, how do you like that? We're in somebody's house now. You go to the restroom and the floor, I got it, that it slopes in both places. It slopes like this to the corner. I don't know why. There are cobwebs hanging up there. You walk across the extension cords around that. When you walk back after filling up your plate and you step on the floor, now it seems softer than when you went across the first time. It lets you know that you filled your plate. Okay? <laughs> That's the place. Here's another picture of it from several years ago. Um, they've been selling Pepsi for a long time. <laughs> right? But it was worth the drive. That fried chicken, it's too far for your lunch crew. But that, that's like, I, I can't get there and back in the same day. It's like a 10-hour drive, okay? So um, that's a place, the old country store. Um, and it says mall there. I, the things that were there this year were there seven years ago. So, um, but it was worth the drive. Now, I tell you that story because we're talking about wisdom. As good as this chicken was, I've only went twice. And I will tell you that it's worth the drive. I recommend it. Glenn and Sharon have been there. You, they can share their experience. It was worth the drive. The wisdom that God offers is worth more of a drive than the fried chicken. And I want you to think about that. Because you too have a place, something that you would recommend to me that you would say is worth the effort. I want to come back to wisdom and, and, and ask this question, why expend the energy? I mean, why, why, why get off the interstate and, and tour over to the western half of Mississippi and then drive into Memphis from 61, okay? Why do that? Because it was worth it. Why expend the energy for wisdom? Because I'm asking a question, is it worth the effort? And this is where you've got to make that decision because if you think it's worth the effort, you'll make the trip. You'll do the things that it requires you to get wisdom. You'll open up your scripture and read it and read it again and find something to help you to understand. What did it say? so that I might understand what it says, so that I might apply it to my life. You'll put in the effort when you realize that it's worth it. That's the encouragement. As we're walking through Proverbs, these beginning chapters are all about painting that idea that you need to get it. You need to long for it. You need to search for it. You need to put forth the energy. You need to, to search for it as hidden treasure. It's out there calling out your name. You need to listen for it. And find it. Because when you do, you'll understand that it was worth every ounce of energy that you put forth to get it. That that wisdom that you're looking for was much better than even advertised as you put it together in your life. It's the ability. What is this? What is this? We skip through the, the fifth verse and we go down to the, the, the following verses to the end. What is it? It's the ability to know righteousness and justice. That's huge. I'm going to say that we think we know what righteousness is, and we think that we know what justice is, but we live in a world that's got it all wrong. 
And that's often the filter that we're looking through, is justice as the world sees it, justice as our legal system sees it, justice as people see it around us. And what God's justice and what God's righteousness is, is, is different than the world's. So it's, we've got to be looking for it. If we look for wisdom, then we'll find this the ability to know righteousness and justice, to know equity, to know equity. It's a big term, right? To know equity. And to and, and every good course, kind of like Solomon's just going to tell you that everything is good is coming through wisdom. You will know that. Knowledge will be pleasant. When we live in sin, we push back against what God's Word says. It's not pleasant to us because it's convicting to us. It, it hurts when we're dealing with that. And so as we pursue wisdom, as we find wisdom, guess what? We understand now that this knowledge, what, God, what God's Word teaches, is not something to push back against. It's something to embrace. It's now pleasant. It's changed. So, I, you know, if, if I'm looking at some of the markers along the way, am I gaining wisdom? Am I getting what God is trying to teach to me? It would be this. I would understand now that the things that repulsed me about God's Word now become those things which are pleasant. Because I see and know that God's way is right. And it's not the world's way. It's not the way of the sin that, that people are trying to take me off on. Discretion will guard you. Discretion will guard you. I need somebody to guard me. Think about that, right? Because wisdom gives me that discretion to know whether I should or shouldn't. It gives me that ability. Understanding will watch over you. Again, it's that, that, that idea of protection. When you seek out wisdom, that discernment will guide you, that, that understanding will watch over you. And deliver, what's, what's it going to want? Why, why do I need watched over? Why do I need discernment? Why do I need understanding? Did you catch those last verses there? Goes into a, 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 a group there where it talks about the evil and those that would try to lure you off. As a matter of fact, it gives uh, the description of a woman who would flatter you, and it goes, into, it goes into more depth as we get further into the book of Proverbs, but that's how it begins here. It's the idea that it will deliver you from the way of evil because, guess what, my friends? As you are trying to look for... Picture this scene that we started back in the end of chapter 1, we're into in chapter 2. We're in the middle of the city, in the middle of the market, where all of the, all of the business of the world goes on. All of those activities, attitudes, and relationships go on in this place. I don't have to be educated or anything. This is for us. God is out there sending wisdom to look for us. And I'm out there looking for wisdom's hollering for me. It's calling out my name. It's calling out your name. He wants to pour into us. And here we are now, if we're following the, the instructions Solomon's given, then we're going to go looking too. But as we look, as we're trying to find wisdom, there's something over here luring us off. Inviting and enticing, flattering. Oh my, you look really pretty. You look, you're a handsome guy. 
You know, you're intelligent. And, and well, you noticed, huh? Okay? And then we're off where we shouldn't be. That's what God's word, as it's personifying and picturing our journey for us. It's putting it in terms that we can understand it. It's a Snickers bar that's calling me as I'm on my way to Apple. We had this discussion last night. Lisa was going to make whipped cream for the fruit. And I said, the fruit's healthy. The whipped cream's not. Okay? You know, and, and that's the way it is, right? We're on our way to, we're on our way to, to being spiritually healthy in, 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 in the Snickers bar or, or the, the Reese's or, or the, the milkshake or whatever it might be. The sweet things that everybody else feels like they get happiness out of. That get advertises, this is where happiness is at. And then you find out it's not there. But in the meantime, you've been lured off. You have to re Plant yourself and get yourself back on track because you chased after something the devil put out in front of you. And so as Solomon's given this to us, we're on that journey. You need wisdom so you can keep going because if you don't have wisdom, if you don't have discernment, you don't have that understanding, guess what? You're going to be swept away by the way of evil. What do I do with what we just read? We're still building to where we're going to deal with those everyday lives. But this is the idea of searching for wisdom, that attitude that I want to find it, that I'm going to be diligent about doing that. Here's the action steps. What do we do with it? How actively, I'm going to ask you this question, how actively are you seeking? You can use a scale. You can use a 1 to 5. You can use a 1 to 10. But here's what I want you to do. How actively are you seeking God's wisdom? That's what I want you to work on. Because unless you put down a 10, you need to be working on it. And I'm going to guess that if you put down a 10, you need to reevaluate it. How actively are you seeking? Of the rewards that are listed, those things that we just went through, those things that you can go back through, I encourage you to go back through this in the latter part of chapter 2. What reward do you desire the most? I mean, what, what is it? There, you know, when, we, when that box that we're, we're holding in our hand, deciding whether we're going to make that purchase, it's got a list of attributes on there. That, you know, and one of, those really, one of those really ticks the, the, the thing for us and makes us go ahead and, and, and follow through with it. So what one of these things that are listed there is the one that you would desire the most? I mean, if you were gonna if you were gonna only pick one thing that wisdom would give to you if you search for it and find it, what one thing is the top thing you'd put on that list? And the last thing here that I'm asking you is what is your plan of pursuit? What is your plan of pursuit? Because if we don't make a plan, it doesn't happen, does it? So I'm asking you, what, how are we gonna, how are we gonna hit this? We used, to, I learned this at one of the Midwest Leadership Summits. It talked about the idea of, of a hat. What's the highlights of what you're doing? Um, what things you get? What's your action plan? And what's your timeline? In other words, when are you gonna go through with that? So those are the things that they dealt with. So I'm asking you this: What is your plan of pursuit? If you're going to search wisdom out, how are you going to do it? It might just simply be, I'm going to read 
I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to read through Proverbs. I'm going to pick up a book that would help me explain Proverbs. or look, I'm going to look for a study on the Right Now Media or in the Bible app. And I want to walk through Proverbs. This is my plan to learn from God's Word. This is my action plan. So those things are the things that we're going to look for. So in just a moment, Adam's ready. We're going to give you an opportunity to respond to whatever God's doing. God might have spoken to you today. God might have spoken to you in days gone by. And so what I want to do is encourage you to have an opportunity. It may be that God's calling you to be a missionary. Maybe God's calling you to be a preacher. Maybe God is, is simply calling you to, to, to pray for somebody else, to overcome your fear, to share with somebody else that you know the gospel message. It may be today that you need to follow through. I've never accepted Christ. What Daniel did today is, is for, I've not done that. I've not done what he did to get to this point. And I want to invite you to come and we'll talk about what it means to accept Christ, what it means to have eternal life. It's worth the search, okay? It's worth the search to find that which was lost. And so encourage you, whatever, whatever God's calling you to do, then, then come and do that. Adam, come on up. The rest of you stand up and we're going to sing. King of heaven, 
my treasure you are you and you only the first in my heart high king of heaven my treasure you are come up here anybody want to come with daniel You have to be walk up on stage and be a movie star here. Say hi there. <laughs> this is Chris. Okay. So here's your baptismal certificate, and I signed it already. Yep. <laughs> and I'm going to give you a study Bible, all right? So congratulations. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Amen. Okay. Make sure to find him. And welcome him into the family, okay? It's worth the effort to find him, right? And uh, he's nervous up here, okay? This is not his thing. <laughs> and so, but thank you for doing that. And, and uh, we're going to pray for you, and we're going to pray for the rest of us, Lord, as we do this, okay? Father, just want to pray for, pray for Daniel, Lord. Thank you for his decision to follow you, uh, to accept you as Lord and Savior. Father, repent of his sins. And Father, just... Pray that you would use him in a way, Lord, that would bring honor and glory to you. That, Father, that would bring others to you, Lord, as they see and they ask the questions about what happened in his life and, and his journey. And, Father, just pray that as we go out this day, Lord, Father, you would use us, Father, for your honor and glory. Father, that we would be a light to this world. Father, help us to seek and to pursue wisdom. And, Father, to seek and pursue a deeper relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. Have a wonderful Labor Day.